It's time. John Gruden's our guest, head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. JT the Brick, great talking to you. Hope you're well, man. It's time. Well, you know how we want to play, JT. You know me probably better than anybody out there. It's time for the JT the Brick Show. We're going to play old school football. JT the Brick on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Can't wait to play in that stadium and get this party started. You got no idea. Here's your host, JT the Brick. Oh, this hour brought to you by Wahoo's Fish Taco. What a crowd they had last night at the Eastern Second Story Deck to watch football, and what a great game it was. $8, 24-ounce cans of Modelo, $6, 16-ounce drafts of Modelo Especial and Corona Premier, your share of up to $85,000, weekly uh, parlay cards, play past the football. We are thrilled to welcome Wahoos to the show for football season. I eat there a lot. Best fish taco in town. Thanks to Wahoos, drop in and win. If there's one guy I could talk to this week, it's this guy. And we had John Gruden, Fred Bolitnikoff, Jim Plunkett. I got Bill Romanowski, but Jerry Coleman from 105.7 The Fan in Baltimore is probably the best Ravens insider I know. He is. He covers the team and he joins us. Jerry, always a pleasure, my friend. Let's jump into the injuries. The breaking news yesterday on Marcus Peters after Dobbins has already been out, Gus Edwards. What's it been like around the organization? What can you tell us? Stunning, really. I mean, there's no other way to describe it, JT. Thanks for having me. you got five season-ending injuries in a 19-day span. You see all your running backs, at least your top three, go down within a couple of weeks. And uh, the Ravens are picking up names off the floor, names that were glorious maybe three, four years ago. And this is a run-first team. There's no denying that. So they have been dealt a major setback with these really fluke injuries, JT, because both occurred in a non-padded practice on consecutive plays. There was no contact whatsoever. But once Marcus Peters went down after Gus Edwards, it was time to end practice, and they stopped practicing. But today... John Harbaugh comes out like a shining light, you know, trying to spin it positively and talk about all the things they're going to be able to do against the Raiders and how everyone was down yesterday, but their spirits are up today. We'll see if that carries over into Monday night. Jerry Coleman joins us. So they're going to bring in capable running backs who can run the football. We know that. Tell me about what the Raiders should look forward to with the Ravens when it comes to their offensive weapons. Rashad Bateman with the groin injury, their first-round pick. What's the depth at the wide receiver position, considering the Raiders gave up a lot of points deep downfield, especially through their secondary, that they improved in the offseason? Well, that's the problem is they really haven't practiced together. I'm talking about the wide receiver core because in different portions during either training camp or the preseason, they have been hurt, whether it be Marquise Hollywood-Brown, the veteran Sammy Watkins. You mentioned Bateman. He's not going to play before week four because of the groin surgery. You have guys on the roster like Devin Duvernay and James Prochet who have limited resumes. Uh, You have Mark Andrews who did sign that big contract, Mm -hmm. and he has been Lamar Jackson's go-to guy. But certainly the Raiders are going to try and take away the – the run from the Ravens, which may not be existent whatsoever outside of Lamar, and force him to throw. And outside the numbers, he has not thrown well. That includes training camp. We saw in the preseason, too, in that game against the Washington football team, Lamar played two series. That was a game where J.K. Dobbins got hurt. 
but Lamar was also sacked twice against the second and third stringers on that football team from Washington. So that's an area of concern as well. The offensive line, Ronnie Stanley making his return to Las Vegas, didn't play last year for the most part because of a major knee injury. Yeah, Ronnie played at Bishop Gorman. He's a god out here. Jonathan Ogden is out here, as you know. And you look at the history of that offensive line, they're legit. Jerry Coleman, 105.7, the fan in Baltimore, one of the best Raven insiders that you could ever hear on the radio. So I I look at this stat, and I'm going to use this. I've been using it all week. 191.9 rushing yards per game for Baltimore. And, again, we've talked about the running backs who are out. But Gus Bradley, all they're trying to do is limit Lamar Jackson from having that broken play run or that read option run where he takes it to the house. You've been at practice for years with him. You've been in the press box during games. What is it like when he takes off and runs, his juke moves as he senses the end zone? It's, it's, he might be the greatest of all time when it's all said and done, Jerry. It's electric. Uh, the only guy I can think of is Michael Vick, and I think he's faster. And if he gets outside of the pocket, he's very dangerous. And I'm sure the Raiders are going to try and contain him and try and keep him in the pocket, make throws there. But sometimes when the plays break down, he improvises. And unfortunately, that can lead to injury when he doesn't have a safety valve like a running back he can turn to. We're still not sure about the pass protection he's going to get from these running backs. Let's remember, these guys are only getting in one to two real practices before they have to play for real on Monday night after having virtually no training camp. So, again, it's scary if you're thinking about this Ravens offense. Their calling card was going to be their run game, Justin Tucker kicking from anywhere on the field, and, of course, their defense is pretty stout. Jerry Coleman, as we wrap it up, what's the impression of the Raiders back there? Because, you know, we had the the classic road to the Super Bowl, Saragusa falls on Gannon. The great Shannon Sharp touchdown for Baltimore fans, it still haunts me. You guys went on to win the Super Bowl, won another one since. Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, the DNA of this team. It's an incredible organization considering what they've accomplished, and they're one of the toughest organizations in all of football. Calais Campbell, Patrick Queen, the guys they bring in just fit perfectly into this system Do they realize the improvements that the Raiders made on defense and the offensive weapons here? Or does Baltimore, quite honestly, look down at the Ravens, uh, Raiders, and say this is a win on our schedule? No, at first, I think they did think it was a win on the schedule. Not anymore with the injuries. And certainly the way that the former Raven, Darren Waller, is playing once he left here. I mean, it's caught a lot of eyes here in Baltimore. And Coach Harbaugh, I've been lamenting the fact that they let him get away. Excuse me. I think they think the Raiders are a very formidable team, a team that can easily beat them. What really worries the Ravens about the Raiders is going into this new stadium with the noise. That has been a big topic all week. We hear it's one of the loudest stadiums possibly in the NFL. You have an offensive line that really hasn't built a chemistry with Lamar. Then you add in the new running backs, and I think we could be looking at a sloppy affair on offense. So, that's a big concern facing this Raiders defense, which is going to be coming after Lamar. I know you got a show you're prepping for. It's a big one on a Friday. Thanks for the time, my friend. It's a big game. Uh, look forward to talking to you again. Thanks for doing this and making time for me. Always have time for you, and hopefully it's competitive, and we all know who we're rooting for respectively, but just rooting for a good game on Monday.
You got it. Jerry Coleman, thank you. There he is. Well, the Ravens are a heavy favorite. They're a road favorite in a town that's having the first ever game with fans. Believe me, uh, most of Vegas, the sports books, do not believe the Raiders will win. They think they can cover possibly. That's a big storyline. Man, the way he painted that picture on the Ravens. The Ravens are a mess. Mess. Remember, the last year's home opener, Mrs. Davis lit the torch in memory of Al Davis. Drew Brees came to town. And Michael Thomas was hurt, their great wide receiver. That was the key to the game. Raiders played well and won. There are so many injuries to Baltimore. So many injuries to Baltimore. All right, we're going to get to your phone calls after Bill Romanowski, so get ready to call in, please. I I normally will not have a show this packed with guests, but Jerry confirmed. Jim Plunkett confirmed this morning. I had Vince Sapienza. The John Gruden weekly interview was 20 minutes. Normally it'll be five or six, so we're really pressed for time. But the most important thing for me, well before this game is 9-11, I lost my fraternity brother, James Joseph Kelly, 20 years ago tomorrow. He was 39 years old at the time, working at Cantor Fitzgerald. A plane came in underneath him, underneath him, and he was one of the 658 employees that had no exit. There was no way for them to get out. You can imagine the horror as he picked up the phone to talk to his wife and say goodbye. You can, I can't imagine it. It's 20 years ago. Kells... My fraternity brother from my same hometown of Massapequa, Long Island, would be turning 60 years old this November. He was 39 going on 40. Now he would have been 59 going on 60. He left four daughters behind. Nine years old, seven years old, and four and a half year old twin girls. Kells is gone. I'm really emotional about it. Tomorrow is the 20 year anniversary. Ross Greenberg, one of the most prominent minds in the history of sports media, the former president of HBO, kind enough to join us as they have their documentary on 9-11, extra innings as it connects the Yankees, Piazza in the home run, and started the healing process. Ross, I thank you so much for your time. And let's begin. Where does this stand as a passion project for you in your entire career with all the projects you worked on in the past? Well, this one's pretty personal. Um, you know, it was 20 years ago that I lost my mom in Houston. And so I came back to uh, to New York by a Greyhound bus and found my family in Larchmont. And unfortunately, I had to deal with not only losing my mom, but also 9-11 and the impact in New York. And it was pretty devastating and a uh, very difficult time personally. And yet, a month later, I found myself at Game 3 in Yankee Stadium. My wife said, don't go. You know, Michelle said, that they're going to bomb this stadium. I don't want you going. But I said, I have to. And I think the next day, I walked into my office at HBO, because I was still there, and I called in Joe Levine and Rick Bernstein, two producers, mm-hmm. and I said, we're going to do a documentary, because I just lived it last night, and I don't know when. And so we actually did a, a nine innings from ground zero all those years ago. Um, but then I got a call about 11 months ago from Sandy Montag, and he had sold a documentary to uh, Turner, to Jeff Zucker, Lenny Daniels, and Craig Barry. And Craig followed us all the way through in the making of this. And they uh, 
engineered it to HBO Max, but we wanted to kind of revisit not only a couple of the stories that we told back then of some families and and uh, victims, you know, families who had gone through the ter- terrible devastation of 9-11, but we also wanted to re-enlist Bobby Valentine and Joe Torrey, which Sandy Nontag had done to become a part of this documentary and really guide us through the whole story as executive producers as well as long interviews. And, and we took them to the memorial uh, and had them walk the memorial and uh, give their thoughts at the beginning and end of the film. Mm-hmm. But then we wanted to attach ourselves to all those stories that surrounding not only the games, but behind the scenes as families were grieving. And we put it all together. And I say we because I reenlisted Joe Levine as well to come on board. We both have left HBO proper, but now we, we come back home to do this documentary for uh, HBO Max. Ross Greenberg is our guest. He's won more major awards for sports production, over 100, than anyone in the business. And it's a pleasure we can talk to him on this project. You know, my background, Long Island guy from Massapequa, who've been living out west 25 years, and my dad was the deputy chief auditor for the Department of Health and Human Services in the federal building. And that's the building that they were always trying to bomb before the Trade Center. They are always going after the federal building first, and that's where they had protection. And my dad was a bigwig down there, and I always thought in the back of my mind, I never thought about it as a little boy getting in that building and going up and going through security before airport security and all that. And on that day, I lost a fraternity brother of mine at the top of Cantor Fitzgerald, four daughters, was able to call his wife and say goodbye as the flames were coming to him. And I, my entire life, and I'm not exaggerating, has been engulfed by the tragedy and the stories behind 9-11 because I'm a New Yorker, and I believe that some people were affected more than others. And that's not a knock. The whole country was deeply affected. But if you lost family, friends, and loved ones, you were deeply affected. And then sports brought it back, Ross, as a diehard Yankee fan, President Bush's pitch, the Mets in Piazza. Let's talk about how sports helped with the healing from your perspective. Oh, it's a total... uh... It was huge, and it was huge for me personally, as I said, when I went to Game 3. I just wanted to get a sense of normalcy, and I think most people in New York and around the country wanted to feel that as well. But I can tell you that that first the Piazza home run, seven days after 9-11, only twenty to 25,000 people had gone to Shea because a lot of wives and husbands had convinced their spouses and others in the family not to go because they were afraid. And so I think 20 to 25,000 fans showed up and were basically sitting on their hands for the first seven innings. And even the players themselves, which we get into with Mike Piazza, were having difficulty, you know, actually playing in the game. Uh, And I think that will come across as you'll see in the documentary. But then all of a sudden, you know, Piazza finds himself in this odd position of going up to the plate with a man on and down a run in the bottom of the eighth. And we tell that story. And we tell it through the eyes of a family who had lost their father and husband at uh, 9-11, um, on 9-11, who was a fire, fireman. And so the Geese family takes us through their appreciation at getting tickets and going to the game. 
because they wanted to get back to a sense of normalcy. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, Piazza hits this booming home run to center. And the as uh, Mike Piazza says in the docu, the cork came off the bottle of champagne and 20 to 25,000 people suddenly could find themselves screaming. And I'm sure everyone who was watching on television, uh, just this guttural kind of visceral reaction to it. And, um, and look, even a month later when I went to Yankee Stadium, it wasn't the normal roar. It was right. something much deeper. It was much more emphatic and came from your gut. And uh, I can still feel it today. And even the USA chance after Bush had thrown that opening pitch, you know, to start game three, when you heard those USA chants, they were different. They weren't this subtle USA, USA. It was booming. And you could feel people just wanting to unite and get behind each other and to kind of rid ourselves of the horrors of 9-11. So you're right. It mm-hmm. affected people. Yeah. Very, very deeply. Ross and, Greenberg and joins us. People, Go ahead. Yeah, some probably haven't even gotten over it today. Hey, Ross, this is interesting because we're discussing extra innings from 9-11 20 years later. HBO Max, obviously Saturday, September 11th. I didn't know that there was limited people at that game. I'm happy you shared that with me. I figured everybody would want to go, but that just hit me, and it makes all the sense in the world. There was still trepidation and people concerned about their safety around New York City and the tri-state area of New York, let alone the rest of the country. So I can understand how parents and wives and spouses were saying, whoa, let's think this through. But then after that, do you really believe that sports help opened up the door for everybody to come back to work, go to sporting events, travel again? Because travel changed after that. How did that affect you with travel after 9-11 with you traveling all over the country with all the projects you were working on? That's a good point. You know, I didn't even start to get on a plane till December. I remember I booked a few trips and turned to my secretary at the time, Florence, and I said, you know, I can't go. I I just kept having an issue with getting on a plane. And I think a lot of Americans were going through the same kind of situation. Um, So it took me a full three or four months to get on a plane. And we had obviously boxing events and different things that that I had to start going to, so I did. But it was a very difficult... I think people forget the fear, Mm -hmm. Um, and I think we bring it back to life a little bit when you watch this film, but the fear was was so intense, and so you you can better understand why Bush did what he did, and you can better understand how baseball started to bring us back. Um, You know... It's amazing to me because it it gave us a platform. Sports gave us a platform to reunite 60,000 people in a stadium or whatnot, Mm -hmm. particularly at Yankee Stadium for those World Series. You'll see some incredible shots of the crowd, even in Arizona, for those World Series games and how crazy they were. Um, it, It just gave us a platform to all get together. You know, and sports can do that. And by the way, when I say get together, I don't mean just at the stadium. I mean gathered around our televisions around the country. It's a unifying force. And, you know, when you put that in the perspective of today, we've got no unifying force right now. 
Mm-hmm. Even even sporting events are not quite getting there. Um, there's this, you know, when you experience the entire year of no fans at the stadium, it was so deflating. It hurt so much, you know, to, to and we're not together. And so even when you watched on television, you didn't get that that feeling of togetherness. And politically, we're not together. So yeah. we're going through very similar situation right now with this pandemic, but yet we don't have the unifying force. And, I, you know, the president can just do so much, but mm-hmm. until everyone gets an immunization and everyone wears a mask and everyone starts to think of each other and protect each other, we're not going to get the same feeling that we had post 9-11, where everyone felt as one. Ross, that, you know, that's the message of this mm-hmm. film. Ross Greenberg is our guest. It's really interesting in the final few minutes because we're going to promote this and send everybody to HBO Max. But in our conversations over the decades, we've talked about the state of the media now. And I want to spend a moment on what you just said about coronavirus. I work for the Raiders and Mark Davis just had a mandate where you cannot come to the game unless you're vaccinated. Only two teams have done that. So the rest of the league, including Roger Goodell, is going to watch this and see what happens. And three-fourths of American adults have been vaccinated. And I am not arguing and fighting, but I'm aghast at people that won't step up and do what they can do for this country in regards to getting vaccinated with the enormous numbers of vaccinations already. And people have lame excuses. Well, I'm waiting. Well, It was just approved. I'm waiting for this. I don't know if it's going to hit me. People are dying. People are sick. There are people in the media that have mocked this from the beginning and guessed wrong and said only a thousand people would die. They're getting elevated in the media. And you as a media icon, you must be looking around at home watching cable news or sports going, how could this possibly happen? You live 9-11. You saw the unifying force. And now we're in a global pandemic and we still got to convince people to help out the country. That's that's the point. I mean, you know, it's selfish not to look around and, and want to save others, you know, and not spread this disease. It's selfish. It is. If you aren't immunized, you're being selfish. It's not about you. It's about everyone else. And, you know, why am I the one echoing this? I mean, I know... The government can do so much. I don't want to hear about freedom. The the freedom that we have is to help others. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what this message of this docu is. That's what the message should be around America. You're speaking to the converted JT. I'm with you 100%. There's no, you know, I don't care if you're Republican, Democrat, atheist. I don't give a hell what you are. You know, you have to recognize that you're not the only one on this earth and there are other people you have to keep safe. Uh, our kids are going to schools. Yeah. They're going to schools and they're, they're up. They're not 12 years old, so they don't have the vaccination. So if, if that, you know, if it starts getting spread there and they bring it home and you're not vaccinated, you're going to get it. But if you have a prior condition or a religious belief, I get it. And you get it, too. The ignorance, the ignorance of people through this global pandemic, knowing how much work went into it by scientists to get these vaccines up and running and how it's saving lives. And now we're seeing 
this being the pandemic of the unvaccinated. Ross, you know, I got several platforms here and I got I have a leadership role. If the commissioners like Roger Goodell, Gary Bettman, Rob Manford, all the commissioners in major sports have no problem saying get vaccinated. And the president before and the president now are saying get vaccinated and leaders like you are saying it. And you got 96 percent vaccination rate in the NFL. There are still ignorant people out there that can't make up their own mind. They're still on the fence, and we need them to get off the fence. Yeah, and the numbers just have to keep mounting, and the percentages yeah. have to reach 100, or we're, we're never going to get ourselves rid of this horrible, horrible pandemic. And that, you know, that is, there's a sadness there. You know, I, we're never going to forget 9-11. <laughs> no one's going to ever forget it. And the families that lost loved ones to the day they die, every day they will think of their mother or their father or their sister or brother, whoever, just like I think of mine who Mm -hmm. are no longer with me. But, you know, the fact is this is something we can get rid of. Polio doesn't exist. We have to get rid of this disease. It's just simple. I mean, uh, you know, Bob Costas, on our last show we did for HBO, said that Albert Einstein said it best when he said that the only difference between genius and stupidity is that there's a limit to genius. Great <laughs> there's point. no yeah. limit to the stupidity of thinking that we don't need to get immunized. Thank you, Ross. We'll be watching Extra Innings from 9-11, 20 years later, premieres on HBO Max, Saturday, September 11th. I always enjoy our conversations. Keep in touch. Look forward to talking to you again. Thanks. Thanks, JT. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Ross. I appreciate it. And I really appreciate his time to get him coming here for 9-11. I know we have Romanowski, Bobby. Cool off one second. Let me get Chris in West Oakland up here. Chris, thanks for waiting. Go ahead. Thanks for calling Raider Nation Radio. Go ahead. No problem, JT. By the way, what a great interview with you know with uh, Ross Greenberg. It almost seems trivial to talk about you know football after listening to that. Because and I know how nine eleven touched you as a New Yorker. I can't believe it's been twenty years, and I can't wait to watch that show tomorrow. Um, let me hit the game real quick because uh, I don't know. I'm going I'm to get a chance to to make a call Monday and all the confusion. I'll be there. Sad and excited at the same time. Excited to see the new stadium. Sad that I won't be in Oakland, but you know what? Life goes on and you deal with it. I'm going to make a prediction one time right now, JT. A month ago, it might have been a little different. I think the Raiders can win this game. 34-28, they're catching this team decimated with injuries at the right time. And I've said over and over, and I disagree with you vehemently, the statement you made yesterday. Lamar Jackson is not a future Hall of Famer. Lamar Jackson cannot make all the throws. That's why he can't win playoff games. That's why he's got an abysmal record against teams with winning records. He's terribly inaccurate outside the numbers and down the field. I don't care if he rushes for 10,000 yards in his career. Quarterbacks don't win games that way. You win it by slinging the ball from the pocket. And the way the Raiders win this game tomorrow, be incredibly disciplined, Don't let him beat you. Lamar Jackson's more likely to beat the Raiders tomorrow with 200 yards rushing or Monday than 300 yards passing. They've got to be disciplined. Spy him with a safety or a DB, not a linebacker because he's too safe. Make him beat you from the pocket. If he does that, you tip your cap to him and you say, great job. And on the offensive side of the ball, you know, their secondary's decimated in Baltimore. Coach Gruden, 
Let Derek Carr run the majority of the game from the line of scrimmage. I don't want to see the Raiders run the ball 45 times. I want to see them put 35 points on the board, and I said this going back last year. You don't do that if running the ball is your number one objective. Coach Gruden, you need to evolve with the rest of this offense. Take the chains off. Let Derek Carr go out and be Derek Carr like he was in 2016. That's going to be throwing the ball 30 to 40 times a game. That's going to be giving him, when they're on the line, when you're in the red zone and you've got three tight ends and an extra fullback in the game, don't tell me he's got four different plays. He doesn't have a personnel package to audible out of that. You've got to join the modern play calling coach Gruden and let this offense run. This can be one of the top five offenses in football, but it starts with the play caller. 34-28, first game with fans in the stands, JT. I'm vaccinated. I'm on the clear app. I'm ready to go. I will see you Sunday, my brother. I cannot wait. Thanks for the Looking time. Looking forward to seeing Talk you, to Chris. You wait, I can't wait that you're coming out here and you're going to see this. Can't wait to see you at the torch where I'll be hosting the pregame. And what are you talking about, Chris? 2019 and 2020, Lamar Jackson had a 113.3 quarterback rating and 99.3. In, in 2019, Lamar Jackson threw 36 touchdowns to six interceptions. Last year, 26 touchdowns to nine interceptions. He can make every throw. He's an excellent quarterback. He's on pace to be a future Hall of Famer. His, his rushing numbers are sick. I disagree with you on that. When we come back, Bill Romanowski joins us, one of my favorites, four-time Super Bowl champ. We'll talk to him. And when we talk X's and O's, we're brought to you by Remy Martin, Team Up for Excellence. There's no other team that I want to team up with than Remy Martin's line of cognacs. Remy Martin, raise your cocktail game. When the Raiders are on the road, I'm at that Remy Martin bar in the back of the Ravens, uh, Raiders Tavern and Grill. Find me there. Well, I don't question our guys' toughness. We we got a tough team. We we won some games last year and proved that. Uh, certainly, Baltimore is is as strong and tough a football team as you will find. And um, we're more focused on our execution right now, our ability to recognize where the ball's going, where they're coming from. Um, and we had a great week of preparation, but uh, we have a lot of respect for Baltimore, and uh, I think they've earned that. John Gruden, what a week. We've had John Gruden, Tom Flores, Jim Plunkett, Max Crosby, and now this legend, four-time Super Bowl champion, Nutrition53.com. Lean one is how I start my day. Bill Romanowski, Romo, the perfect time for you as we have to build this defense for Lamar Jackson, and you're the only one who can do it. How are you, brother? Wow. Doing good, JT. I'm fired up for Monday night. You should be. Your analysis is critical. This is a quarterback that can run. They averaged 191 yards a game rushing. Let that sink in. This guy can score on a broken play, on a read option, on a fake handoff and cutting the other way. What was it like as an elite linebacker knowing you had a running back who could do a, a running back or a quarterback who could do all of that? What was your prep like for guys like this? Well, you know what, JT? When I was at the Broncos, we had to go up against Rich Gannon. And Rich Gannon had the ability to run the football if he wanted to. 
and he was hard to bring down. Um, it adds an element. I remember, you know, when I had to prepare for Randall Cunningham, pretty similar to Lamar Jackson. They both can throw. They can run really well. Um, but in the long run, JT, uh, Lamar Jackson is getting figured out. Last year, he got figured out. I think the Raiders got his number. I don't. I'm not scared of Lamar Jackson. You know, I'm. I. You know, going into these big games, JT, the mindset needs to be us. We need to play our game. We need to play Raider football. We need to execute at a very high level. And if you do that, nobody can beat us. And that's the mentality I want to see the Raiders have on Monday night. Bill Romanowski, go check out the website, nutrition53.com. Get the lean one. It's fabulous. Get everything right in your mind, but get your body right with Bill Romanowski. You know, Romo, I thought about you when K.J. Wright signed, and I reached out to you because 10 years, he played next to Bobby Wagner. He played in two Super Bowls, 1-1. He was a super elite player, similar to you. You won four Super Bowls, and you bounced around at the end of your career to a couple of teams and played at the highest level. Tell us about K.J. Wright and how quickly Gus Bradley can get this familiar player up to speed since he came here so he's ready for Monday night. You know what? He's a player. He's a guy that has started, you know, in Super Bowls. He is a guy that is executed. This guy is going to be ready to play. And I don't think there's going to be – it's going to take a lot of time. It's not going to be one of those things where three, four games into the season – He's finally, you know, starting to get his stride. Monday night, he is going to be jacking people up, flying around, hitting like you've never seen. This is a dream come true for the Las Vegas Raiders to get a stud like this at this time in the season, you know, before the season started. I can't wait to see him. Bill Romanowski joins us. You know, Bill, the system now has this revolving group of players at defensive tackle and on the defensive line that's supposedly going to open it up and free up these linebackers to make more plays. You're going to have Yannick Ngakwe at one edge, who was the best when he played for Gus Bradley when Gus was the head coach at Jacksonville. And Max Crosby, John Gruden, told us to get today his conditioning's unbelievable. So that moves Cleland Farrell inside. Then you bring in Solomon Thomas and a whole bunch of other guys who are competing for plays. Bill, they're competing for snaps. You would think they're coming on every play like it's the last play of their career because they're only going to play so much. What was it like when you played in a rotation and you had defensive tackles in front of you and you had to keep their legs fresh? You know what? Um, That was kind of a big thing with San Francisco when I got, you know, when I got there is the way they used to rotate the defensive linemen, you know? And you had to get used to different guys that you had in front of you. But bottom line is they got to be ready to fly around and get after, hey, you got a mobile quarterback here. It's not going to be easy on this defensive line. It's not going to be easy on the linebackers. But this is something George Seifert 
said to to me and the rest of our defense one time. He pulled us up because we were we were struggling a little bit with what he was trying to call, and he said, "Men, if you guys are playing your game and you are flying around and you are hitting people and." Delivering a blow, beating people to the punch, it doesn't matter what I call. And that's what I want to see Monday night. I want to see it does not matter what defensive is called. 11 guys decide they want to be great on every play, and they fly around and kick ass like you wouldn't believe. And that's Bill what I want to see. Yes, Bill Romanowski, burn fat, take control, get your body back. Bill, you turn on the TV every 10 minutes, it's COVID, vaccinations, trying to get more people vaccinated. I'll leave that out here, but you've always said be healthy. You know, a pandemic doesn't come around every 100 years. Have your mind and body right to fight off everything. Be physically fit, work on your body, lose weight. Get in shape. You've been preaching this forever with Nutrition 53. How do you feel right now? What about some of the people that are buying this product at Costco and how it's changing their lives? You you know what, JT? Um, I work out every day. You know, I swim, you know, I swim a mile to a mile and a half every day, and I lift weights five days a week. And I take my supplements. I take my lean one. I take vitamin D3, my multivitamin. I add vitamins like quercetin. And that's what I do. And because of that, hey, this plague can't get to me. It's not going to get to me. It can't get to me. And I, bottom line, I've gotten vaccinated. I feel really good. And um, I'm, fired. I'm fired up, you know, for Monday night. And I'm healthy, and I'm going to be screaming for the silver and black. (laughs) Bill, it's a big game. They're all big, but it's year four with Carr and Gruden. Gus Bradley came in. We mentioned K.J. Wright. They added a lot of depth. And a team is coming in that's a heavy Vegas favorite. They're expected to win, but then they were decimated with injuries this week. They lost a bunch of their starters just tell me what you think part of Gruden's speech needs to be, how he's got to have these guys ready because – We've talked about it with you for two years. There's a lot of young guns on this defense that haven't played to their ability yet, and now they got to face Lamar Jackson. It's go time, Romo. Oh, it is go time. And, hey, you you know what what the speech is? You know, it's about believing, man. It's believe that you're going to make the play. Trust the guy next to you and love every friggin' minute you're on that field. And get ready to make the play, and know you're gonna be the guy when the team is needing you to step up and make that play and get it done. I want to see 50 guys flying around like they really care, like they love the game, and let's beat the living crap out of this football team. You hear me? Romo, we leave this spot open for you every two weeks. We promote Nutrition 53. Go to nutrition53.com. Have a great weekend. I'll see you out here with your wife in Vegas, okay? That's okay. Okay, take care, JT. There he is, Romo. Got to have Romo here. Got to have Romo on the show. As I said, 
I told uh, Julie Romanowski, I got to have your husband here. He's too important. He's a great analyst. He brings a level of intensity and motivation that we expect on this show. We expect it on this show. Hey, it's been a rough time for some of our brothers here in the Raider Nation. Cisco joins us here from the Black Hole. Got some events coming up. We want to promote them for the Black Hole, but we got to take care of our brothers first. Fill us in, Cisco. Thanks for calling. Hey, JT. Uh, happy to uh, hear your voice, my man. And uh, I know this uh, weekend is a big weekend for the Raider Nation. We're all very, very excited and pumped up. And listening to Romo now, man, wants me to – I wish I could get on that field right now just listening to him. But, uh, yeah, JT, you, you're absolutely right, man. It's unfortunate that uh, we lost a, a couple of our Black Hole brothers uh, this past weekend. Uh, first being our uh, vice president of our uh, Las Vegas, New Mexico chapter. Um, he had uh, fortunately lost his battle with COVID, uh, Marvin Salazar. And, uh, you know, wonderful guy, beautiful guy, beautiful soul. And uh, it's a tragedy losing, losing him uh, big time. And uh, heard yesterday morning, which I shot to a text, when I found out, uh, a caller, as, as most of maybe your listeners know, uh, Sammy, uh, Chicago Sammy, uh, yep. lost his battle, uh, not with COVID, just some, some health issues that he had that, uh, unfortunately, he couldn't overcome. So we're missing both of them. Uh, we're going into this weekend with a heavy heart, and uh, hopefully, you know, the Raiders will pull one out for those two guys uh, up there sitting next to Al Davis. So, uh I also can't forget we have uh, our, our main guy, as you know him, Black Hole Rob, uh, in a hospital right now uh, battling for his life. Uh, he's a big boxing fan, so I know he's fighting all 12, 12 rounds right now. And uh, I know he's going to beat this, and uh, we got to keep, keep praying for our guy, Rob, Rob Rivera, a.k.a. Black Hole Rob, who started this whole thing. Uh, many, many moons ago with uh, five other of his brothers. Um, mm -hmm. But, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, thank you for the opportunity to, to, to show respect for, for those guys and, and our main guy who's still fighting. But, yeah, you're absolutely right. We do got a big weekend ahead of us. Um, for, as far as the black hole goes, you know, our annual kickoff party, the original home opener season kickoff party that we throw every year, uh, we're doing it again. Uh, this time we're going to be inside the beautiful Caesars uh, Casino, inside the Omni, uh, which is one of the hottest nightclubs in yes. the nation. Uh, where you've been there, I've been there. It's 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 a it's a nice place. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll do our annual kickoff party. Uh, special guest appearance. Uh, can't say who it is, but you guys will be surprised. Doors open up at eight eight p.m. and then uh, we'll follow up the weekend Monday night. Uh, we're doing our uh, pregame party, uh, same place at the Omni. Doors open up at 1 p.m., and we're going to have the uh, uh, legendary hip-hop from, from dancing to producer to artist, uh, Mr. Jermaine Dupree, will be hitting the stage and uh, doing his hits for the crowd and that. So yes. uh, we're, we're excited. We're looking forward to it. And, uh, man, Raiders got uh, to come with the A game for sure, for sure. Definitely. Thanks, Cisco. I'll see you out this weekend. See you at the game on Monday. Thanks for doing this. You got it, buddy. Thank you, JT. Yeah, uh, Cisco uh, hit me pretty hard with that one because 
We'll come back on the other side. It's a good way for me to wrap up the show. Black Hole Rob, who came up with the Black Hole, the founder of the Black Hole, is fighting a really hard battle. And his wife is keeping us up to date. He's family. Anybody who's a member of the Black Hole, anybody who understands the power and the force behind the Black Hole, say a prayer for our brother, Rob Rivera, one of the most important people. There's no way I have this radio show, no chance without Black Hole Rob. JT, back with you. Raider Ted, sorry about the wait. Go ahead. Go fast. What's happening? Hey, I'll, I'll try to go fast. I've been a fan since like Raider 75. Ted, are you there, Bobby? Can you hear me? I got you. Go ahead, please. Okay. Sorry about that. I've been waiting a long time, but I've, I've been a fan Thank since you. 75. I've been listening to you for a long time. You touched on a lot of stuff today that really, you know, Cliff Branch got me fired up. Uh, Plunkett uh, coming on and talking got me fired up. I used to go to uh, Napa. It's unfortunate that they're not going to be doing preseason Napa uh, training camps anymore. But uh, I just, I'm really excited about, um, I'm really excited about these rookies that we have coming in, and I'm really glad we got KJ Wright coming in to solidify the linebacker spot, which we've had trouble with for a long time. It's an unfortunate thing that we got uh, up and comers injured in that spot. But I really am excited about Mooring and Hobbs, and I'm really excited about the additions via free agency on our de- defense. Um, and Gogway is going to make a big, big impact for uh, them being able to handle Crosby. And then if Arnett and Abram uh, step up with a new coaching staff on D, I just really think we're going to have a much improved defense this year, and I'm looking forward to rooting for them. Thank you. I, I agree with you. You mentioned Merrig. And Hobbs. Hobbs is a guy who could be on the field a bunch. I'm concerned about Richie Incognito, who hasn't par- participated in practice now for a while. He's got to play. I mean, what is going on with Richie Incognito? He's got to play. They need Richie. So hopefully that is not going to be an issue. Hey, again, it's 9-11. I don't do any social media other than one tweet on 9-11, which is good by me. Never forget. So tomorrow I'm going to reflect back on 9-11, the 20-year anniversary. It should have a big effect on everyone in regards to your reflection of 20 years ago. So we'll think about that. There's a lot of events in town. A lot of people are in town. Have a great, safe time. And let's just gear up. Monday, this show will be live at the Torch. Our whole lineup is going to be live inside. Tell me we didn't come a long way, everybody, as a Raider flagship. From the day we started to now hosting Monday night all day from morning drive to the pregame show. And afterwards, I'll be at the torch. Come see me for the pregame show. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be one of the greatest days, if not the greatest day, sports-wise in Vegas history, period. This is the NFL. We got an NFL team in our city with a game with fans in attendance. It will be epic. Please download your clear app. Take care of business Saturday and Sunday. If you have any issue with your vaccination card, the Raiders will take care of you. Get down to the stadium between 1 and 6. They'll have you set up. My son's going to get his set up. Go. Want to thank our good friends. Modelo, PTs, the Henderson Hyundai Superstore, Tommy White, 
and Laborers Union Local 872. The M Resort, Remy Martin, Salmon Ash, Wahoo's Fish Tacos, Resorts World. I'm so proud that we're going to have Resorts World on board with this show and Charles Woodson's Whiskey. Woodson's Whiskey. That's what we do. Q's coming up and then Vinny B. Have a great weekend, everybody. I'm turning off my machine. I'm having a bucket of Modelo's. I'm rewarding myself. The spirit of excellence. Raiders, Monday night. Have a great weekend. Have a good night, everybody. All right? Take care.